0: Hello and welcome to Laidback Lush, a little podcast where we talk about wine, beer, and spirits. I am, as ever, your trepidatious co-host, Michael Moore. And I am your other co-host, Gabe. I am
1: WSET Level 3 certified in wine, and I'm an administrator for a wine and spirits educating body.
0: And today, we are continuing a two-parter episode. If you weren't able to uh, listen to the last one, I encourage you to go and do so. I know that Gabe is going to make a very good episode in the hefty amount of editing that he's going to have to do. Hefty. Heft- oh, but it was so much fun. It was very fun I re- I don't regret a single syllable. I might regret one or two. <laughs> uh, I'm well. Uh, regret and redact are different. Fair, you know. There's fair enough. There's production and there's enjoyment. Fair and enough. That's okay. Yes. But we're we're continuing on, and, and I guess that's actually kind of one of the topics of this episode. We're continuing on talking about the way that wine is approached in discussions online. Yes. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about uh, why we decided to make this. We had a very bad wine that was rated very well, and we were so shocked that it made us do a deep dive yeah Um, and you can hear more about that in the in the last episode that was more about hot takes this
1: one will be more about the trendy glamorous glitzy side and also the wine review side of things
0: which is interesting because in our last episode we talked about twitter and we talked about youtube and a lot of those the format actually lends itself to the hot take right whereas the things that we're going to be talking about today They lend themselves more towards a visual aesthetic. This is the more positive side, but the less honest side, maybe? Well, you have to account for what people are searching for when you're creating content. You know, we we have to do that. We try to be as sincere and forward-thinking and self-interested as possible. We think that the best way to inform people is to be curious yourself. But we do have to account for what are some things that a person might search for mm-hmm. on an app like Instagram. Yeah, what's getting engagement,
1: what's being responded to by a lot of people.
0: Because you're engaging a crowd, you're engaging a group of people, and hopefully that leads to some cool individual interactions. Yeah. Uh, like I said, anytime that you guys want to message us at Laidback Lush on Instagram or Twitter, we would love to hear from you. Uh, but in general in order to just be seen we have to account for the cloud of people the the internet traffic the algorithms yeah what was your experience when you when you got on instagram cuz we both approached doing the research for this episode in very different ways so
1: instagram for me is kind of the epitome of what we're talking about, of the wine influencer, the engagement-driven model of promoting wine, wineries, and whatnot. And there is something to be said for just needing to market wine and the fact that Instagram provides a very good spot to highlight
0: bottles of wine
1: because it's a visual app,
0: right? It's visually centered.
1: So if you have a really pretty colored wine with a really cool label, great. It's probably going to get engagement. And again, I'm speaking of someone who uh, operates, as most people do, on a limited budget for wine. There is a very heavy emphasis on extravagance, glitz, glamour, rare, and expensive bottles in particular on Instagram.
0: Oh, I 100% agree.
1: There's a lot of, you know, vintage champagnes. Novelty really good vintage Bordeaux, really good vintage Burgundies, wines that the vast majority of people are never going to be able to get their hands on. And while it is cool to highlight that, I did notice that there's just a ton of that being promoted on Instagram. And I think I don't I'm not trying to say that I think it's malicious or even intentional. I think it's just people see that, they engage with it, the algorithm promotes it more, and it creates a culture of everyone posting the most exclusive bottles that they can get their hands
0: on. Which is interesting because it's kind of like the whole, uh, when you look at the void, the void looks back. When yeah. you look into the algorithm, It the algorithm changes your behavior and even your approach to your wine experiences. If you follow those pages, I'd imagine
1: there's probably going to be more affordable options thrown in there. But again, there is a drive
0: for the eye-catching, the out-of-touch for a lot of people. I would love to know if the occurrence of more visually-centered platforms has even influenced how much investment goes into bottle design. Oh, I'm sure it's definitely substantial. I'm sure it's substantial, and I would actually love if anybody has figures for this, or they would know where to look for this, if the occurrence of social media platform suddenly becoming widely used could be correlated with that. But that's that's on a side note. I'm thinking like Ace of Spades gold bottle with the lacquered box around it, like Mm -hmm. all that stuff where it's like, that makes a great picture. Yeah. Is it great wine, though? Yeah. I'll, I'll retain my opinion. Well... Speaking of
1: opinions, uh, one of the things that I also noticed on Instagram is wine on Instagram is very trend-driven, which all social media is heavily trend-driven, right? The thing, though, with wine and if you're trying to explore wine and learn about wine is learning from trends, in my opinion, is probably one of the worst ways you can do it. So right now, we are in the orange wine, natty wine trend, And there's a lot of really good nuggets of information about uh, localized winemaking, terroir, the concept of terroir, indigenous yeast, all that fun stuff, you know, holistic horticulture and vinification, all very good things to know about wine. Natural wine is a subset and still a somewhat limited subset in the grand scope of wine. And a lot of wine bucks tradition. So if you want to know about the tradition of wine, that is probably the worst way you could go about trying to learn it. So maybe don't go to Instagram for wine knowledge. And on that note, um, I'm not going to call this page out. Um, I will say it is a very popular wine page and they put out a chart and it just happened to be on the day that I was doing research on Instagram for this episode about white wine aging and the chart was sorted by grape and years that you could go based on the grape. That is not really how ageability works with wine. And again, this is someone who in general, I actually do respect the content that this page produces, but I think it just kind of goes to show it's not always reliable
0: yeah.
1: what you find online. And I will say, like, I'm not trying to pretend like we know everything about wine either. We have definitely been wrong about things. Oh, we no. will continue to be wrong about things in the future, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, we... We don't know everything, but when we do know something, when we have studied it, that's part of the reason why we do this podcast. We, yeah. we want to be able to to educate. And also, when we see something that is just incorrect, according to our studies, that's a, that's a thing we want to talk about.
1: And the reason why this graph was incorrect is for wine to truly be ageable, it has to be crafted in a very specific way into a certain standard. Now... There is some truth in this graph that certain varietals are probably going to be more predisposed to better aging than others. Riesling and higher acid Chardonnays are probably going to be pretty good because acid is a preservative in yeah. wine. So, I was yes, I was
0: figuring they were probably talking in generalities of I, aging potential.
1: I believe so, but they assigned year values to it, which is just a very, like, that's... Okay, no. so you we're know, mixing generalities. Because that's specifics. a producer-specific yeah. metric. Okay, so that... Mm. And it doesn't account for region either, because different regions are going to have different variations in their Mm. physiology of the grapes and and stuff like that. makes a big difference.
0: I mean, again, we talked about it in our last episode how a lot of this is actually just a chemical knowledge of a substance and the reactions that are going to occur when you're doing something, whether you're pairing chocolate with the wine, like we talked about in the last episode, or ageability. Ageability is determined by whether or not the reaction that is going to happen over time is optimized or optimal based on the chemical composition of what's there. And yeah. that's not going to be based simply on varietal. It's going to be based on preparation.
1: Correct. So again, I'm not trying to single anyone out here, but just know if you see something that's an eye-catching infographic online, that doesn't mean that it's true. And it does mean that you should look into reputable sources if something does come across your screen. You're like, I didn't know that. Always good to double check. So another thing about Instagram, and I'm trying to figure out how to even formulate this thought and say it without sounding offensive, but a lot of attractive people holding bottles. Yeah. And particularly women in various states of dress, I'll say, (laughs) holding bottles.
0: No, 100%. This is actually one thing that I noticed, especially when I was just researching, like, how can we get more engagement? How can we get seen a little bit more often? And you know, so I was taking generalized notes. I'm not saying I implemented all of these things, but one of the things yeah. was just like beautiful people in beautiful places in not provocative in a necessarily sensual way, although that is definitely a tool that a lot of people will employ. Yeah. Um, But just well-crafted images of yeah. beautiful people in beautiful locations, having beautiful spreads of various things that may or may not actually pair with the wine that they're advertising. Exactly. So- To be clear, what I am
1: not saying is that I'm a prude and that I have an issue with hot people being hot online. I really couldn't care less. Get the bag. Do you. I wish you all the best in the world. Mm -hmm. However, please do not fall for conflating attractive advertising with a beautiful person in it with the quality of a wine or a review. Those things are not correlated in any way, shape or form. They could be the best reviewer on the planet, not saying that they're not, but they could also be the worst. So it's not a good metric to judge a wine based off of or a review based off of. But unfortunately, again, because Instagram is about eye-catching, a lot of content gets funneled into the algorithm that
0: is based off of that marketing gimmick. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, is a lot of people will just click on a pretty face. And then, as an artist, when we're talking about what uh generates clicks, what generates engagement, beauty is an asset and it has a metric value in algorithms. And yeah. But, and but like he said, what is it covering up? Yeah, exactly. Like what
1: potentially more
0: reputable and honest reviews
1: might that be taking the place of in your feed?
0: Exactly. It's not necessarily a malicious thing. It's just literally...
1: Again, if you're hot, do your thing.
0: Yeah, well, and and again, also, a beautiful person isn't disqualified by being beautiful. No. They can be beautiful and have a good take. They're blessed in the algorithm, if that's the case. Yeah, because we're also talking about what is considered conventionally attractive within the algorithm. I'm not trying to say that beauty standards, as they are, are correct. This is literally just the results... Of mass polling yeah so some people will literally just trust based on that and there's a massive number of them
1: and i do want to say there is something that i do kind of have a problem with and that is that there were granted this was really only a handful so i'm not even going to say this was like a widespread thing but there definitely were some posts that were definitely more intentionally provocative to get engagement and this is something i'll get to a little bit later. The whole of like wine is a sexy thing is just very off putting to me again, not because I'm a prude and I will get into it later and what my actual objections are, but there was that as well and i do think it's worth acknowledging that that does exist on instagram
0: i won't even necessarily condemn it i just think that user be aware that this is a tool being used engagement is engagement um hopefully you're not doing anything to damage your your own conscience when you do that so if you can do that comfortably then fantastic but Just be aware that those are things that are influencing whether or not the algorithm is going to show you a specific page. And also just be aware that your reaction, and I'm sure that you're very considered our beautiful listeners and everything that you do consume, uh, but your reaction might be painted by the fact that it's a beautiful image. And, you know, it's okay to recognize what it is that you love about that. And if that's part of the experience of wine that you love, I love going to a beautiful winery. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, it was enjoyable scrolling through all these
1: beautiful images of vineyards and beautiful beautiful bottles, and beautiful people. Like It was enjoyable. I'm not going to
0: deny that. That's part of the culture of it all.
1: Yeah, but it's not what I would go to if I have a question about a specific
0: wine. Precisely. Again, it's about finding those trusted reviewers whose stuff that you've tried, and that becomes really hard once it's a matter of playing the algorithm, because the things that influence that algorithm aren't necessarily going to be things that are one, informative. There's no fact checking there. Yeah. Uh, and two, might not be accessible. Well, speaking of a site
1: that would benefit from fact checking, the beast that started this whole concept of the last two episodes, Vivino.
0: My goodness. What, what, what a can, mess. What can <laughs> we say about this? I have notes. Okay, well, that's good. I have notes on what to say about Vivino. <laughs> so, Vivino, if, if you haven't come across it, and I'm guessing that you have, I want to say the most popular wine review site that I know of.
1: Um, I don't know because I simply just don't know the numbers. I don't know if it's the most popular, but it's definitely the most accessible. It's probably fair. Because literally anyone can make a Vivino account and start reviewing wines on the app which in concept i have no problem with and i actually would say in theory is a good thing however michael and i in practice found that that is not always the case
0: at this point we're talking about more the idea of like it's your it's your yelp it's your it's what is the name of that movie review site um rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes yeah you know it's that sort of thing where it's a crowd sourced rating that is going to be given to any particular wine it's not Oh, here are some professionals who are going to write an article about this wine or this wine that's being featured. This is a crowdsourced rating where the averages are collected from however many reviews any particular wine yeah. is going to get once it's uploaded.
1: With no barrier to entry at all.
0: None whatsoever.
1: That could be the first wine you've ever tried and you're giving a review for it.
0: It could also be bots. It could be bots. It could be bots. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to type in Google Wine Reviews and see which one comes up first. Okay, so we have, yep, it's Wine Spectator, which is a publication. So that's typically going to be, at the very least, uh, people who are curated for the Oh,
1: I site. mean, l- listen, even though I have gripes with some of the publications for various reasons, they're reputable for a reason, and I will not deny that.
0: Yeah, the next one is winemag.com for the Wine Enthusiast Magazine. Again, that is, you know, you have to be on staff. The next one after that is Vivino. Well, so we are. This is up there with publications with standards. Yep.
1: The original concept that this started as, that as you can probably tell by this point, has moved a little bit past just this initial concept. Was wine myths and prominent misconceptions in wine. Vivino is rife
0: with these. Do you know what the underscore? So it says Vivino dash, and then it has a phrase. Do you want to guess what the phrase is? This brings it so full circle, it's not even funny. It's wine o'clock. Buy the right wine. No. No.
1: No. Absolutely not. That brings it so full circle. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. That's it. That, that makes me actually kind of angry. Yeah. Given that this whole thing started on that stupid cardinal wine, the lone cardinal. Which...
0: All of the reviews pointed to as being a four out of five, <sighs> and it was not. We even looked up which one that was being reviewed. There were a couple of those reviews that weren't the, the right vintage, Yeah, and we made sure to only be looking at the right vintage. Also, if you just type in wine in Google, and we talk about this in the last episode, we were like, well, well what are people talking about? What are people asking? The first one is, what is the right wine for drinking yeah. paraphrasing but that that's what it is and it's like our conclusion was there is no right wine this is a self-discovery process where you figure out your own tastes yeah in order to figure out what you enjoy so buy the right wine them saying that is kind of like a direct it's direct cultural damage um <laughs> this is, <laughs> is is cultural damage like <laughs> Is there a wine
1: equivalent to stochastic terrorism? Oh. <laughs> Does Avino qualify for it if it exists? Oh, God. Uh...
0: <sighs> like, we couldn't have scripted this. We could not have scripted no, this. No, we, world... we,
1: we are actively discovering this in real time.
0: Yeah, this is incredible. I, I am in awe of how, like, this crowdsourced, no qualifications there, I love the idea of more people being able to form and share their opinions on wine. Mm-hmm. But talking about this, even from our last episode where it was like the hot takes episode, the idea of even approaching this from the right wine, buy the right wine. Yeah. They, they are literally trying to to get you to use this site, which has no regulation whatsoever in order to be either right or wrong on what is a matter of taste. Consumerism is a hell of a drug. Oh my god. All right, let's get into this. I Okay, so... I am so primed right now.
1: So, I read through reviews on several different wines. I tried to do red and white, tried to find a diverse set of wines, and I noticed some themes on Vivino that are, admittedly, things I have come across with people in real life that are misconceptions or um, people a lot of these are actually people using the wrong terminology for the wrong thing which i can't fault them for it's an education thing but let's be educated and and find the right thing to define these as so
0: yeah let's do some stuff
1: all right first one the definition of bouquet oh my gosh it's a bunch of flowers in colloquial terms yes in wine terminology <laughs> The bouquet refers to the total nose of a wine in general. That is the result of the totality of the winemaking. So that can be aging, that can be oaking, that can be even just how it was fermented, whether it be in barrel or in stainless steel. It is the grand sum of winemaking in the wine. That is the definition of bouquet. As most people define it, wine snobs like to argue the definition sometimes, but that is mostly how it's understood. A lot of people on Vivino just kind of say, "um, like, bouquet of red fruit. That's not what bouquet means. I understand why people say that. That makes perfect sense as to why you would say that. I'm not trying to shame anyone for that language, but it is a misconception. Moving on. Everything red goes with steak or lamb or some other red meat. Gotcha. No. No, that is incorrect. So... In general, most red wines, I would say it's fair to say, are probably more likely to pair with red meats or what have you. But let's take an early drinking Tempranillo, for example. Gotcha. Depending on how it's made, it could very well go with steak or or lamb. But I personally, that would not be my first choice. I would go for something that maybe is like red sauce pasta. Mm -hmm. or um, tapas, or even olives, something olive-based, like tapenade or olives themselves, pizza, Mm -hmm. would go great. You don't always have to jump to red meat
0: with red wine. Okay, so if I had to say just two elements, just summarize two elements in an early-style tempranillo that you think would go well with a high-acid dish like a pasta with a red sauce.
1: Decent amount of acid
0: on that wine. And a good fruit profile. Fantastic, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that you're spot on with that. So and there's another any, a
1: any to it. stellar sommeliers that study that more than I did because admittedly I didn't do a whole lot of wine pairing. Please don't ream me in the <laughs>
0: DMs <laughs> over this. I mean, don't ream us, but if you want to talk about it, talk about it. Yeah, uh, you know, you can come. Uh, you don't even have to follow us at Laidback Lush on Instagram and Twitter, but if you did, we'd like it. Then talk to us at the very least. Yeah, um, I, I
1: will check. If you're following and that will influence my answer, <laughs>
0: you know, well, it'll, it might influence my tone. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so, so we have that kind of like misconception where it's just like red wine and meat, red wine and chocolate, like those types of simplifications where it's just like, okay, we're, we're, you know, you heard this somewhere, but this is more that folk knowledge association didn't look into it Mm -hmm. and then formulate an opinion that maybe not so experiential. Maybe this wasn't actually all that enjoyable, but you thought that it was supposed to be. So you posted a review reflecting that it was supposed to be good rather than it actually being good.
1: Well, on that note, I actually want to talk about going back to acid Oh, here we go. I saw several very interesting takes on acid and wine. Let me just give you one. Maybe a couple. I saw someone describe a Sauvignon Blanc as not acidic.
0: Oh, we, we actually both saw a couple of these when we were looking. Because we, we started to just follow different people's wine reviews when yeah. they were particularly entertaining. A Sauvignon Blanc. That's not
1: acidic. Described as specifically not acidic. That was the exact term used. So unless were they were something... viewing
0: it as like a, like a, that's a good thing?
1: Yes. And it was a Sauvignon Blanc that I have had that is a very high quality Sauvignon Blanc that is definitely acidic because it's Sauvignon Blanc.
0: I am not sure if there is a more acidic wine than Sauvignon Blanc off the top um, of my head. Riesling, maybe? Not perceptively, though. That's, and that that's very valid,
1: actually. So another one, this is a direct quote from a review. Bit spicy, but it makes this brilliant wine acidic. People, I guess, don't quite seem to know what acidity truly is in wine. And I'm not trying to say that as I know better than you, but like this, these are very objectively wrong. Yeah, this is just knowledge. This isn't uh... um, about wine. So acidity in wine is what makes your mouth water. It's more of a structural element than a flavor element. Well,
0: and specifically, and, most of the time, it makes your mouth water when the wine is touching the front of your palate as correct. opposed to the back. When it, if your mouth is watering a lot at the back of your palate, that actually might have more to do with alcohol content. Yeah,
1: that's true. So acidity makes your mouth water. It can add tartness because that is going to be tartaric or malic acid, depending on if they've done a malolactic conversion. Listen to our white wine episode if you want to know what that is. And basically, yes, it's going to be tartar. It's going to be crisper. The higher acid a wine is, it's going to taste probably fresher and crisper because of that brightness. But primarily, it's going to be about making your mouth water. It's going to be keeping that wine refreshing. It's essential in sweet wines to keep them from being cloying and syrupy. Listen to our Madeira episode. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Or our dessert wines episode, because I think we talked about it there, too. So good. Um, So... Saying all that to say, acidic is not something that comes from a wine being spicy. Sauvignon Blanc is one of the highest acid grapes. This sounds to me like people are hearing the term acidic being said by people who at least are self-proclaimed wine people, and either they're not understanding what is actually being referred to, or the person
0: telling them what acid is is just wrong. Maybe that's kind of the disadvantage of a review site like this in general is that it's not discourse. So you're not it, it, it's being like inc-
1: telephone. Yeah. It's you, like someone said acid is this. Someone heard, okay, well, acid is this. Then turn it turned into acid is this. And then we get into spiciness somehow makes a wine acidic.
0: Yeah. No, that it's the most ridiculous take that I've heard in a while. Um, but, but I think like it's kind of this culture is being encouraged by the fact that everything is posted as a review as opposed to a discussion, so nobody's asking questions, nobody's asking for clarification. It's just like, oh, well, this is an acidic wine that's also fruity and spicy. And then you have people who are just like, okay, so if these elements are there together, then I am going to now invent lore behind each one of these words and how they work in the wine. Yeah. Which, in a way, I'm kind of glad people are doing,
1: because it shows a willingness to try and understand, right? But also, at least these examples are wrong.
0: It's an ineffective method of understanding. Yeah. Thank you for trying. Legitimately, I'm not using that as a bit. Thank you for trying. Uh, But there there are better ways that are going to benefit you more for how to learn about wine than just kind of assuming that you know what these things are.
1: Yeah. And so going actually back to the spice, another thing that I saw repeatedly in reviews is people describing wines as spicy. Now Why is it spicy? <laughs> Not the TikTok references coming oh, back. I'm sorry. Uh, I have
0: a my voice is unusually gravelly right now and I wanna I wanna take advantage of that. <laughs> you wanna be uh use this as your radio host application? Uh one hundred percent. I would like everybody who's hearing this right now to find the people who can pay to have my voice <laughs> on things. <laughs> so
1: spice or spicy in wine, I don't really know what they're trying to say, because some of them seem to be implying that it was like heat. That is not physically possible. Wine, unless it's been infused with pepper extract or something else, does not have capsaicin. So it is physically, literally impossible for a wine to have noticeable heat from spiciness. Maybe it might have been, is some wines do have peppery notes to them of the actual flavor of the pepper, Mm -hmm. And if it was a high alcohol wine, that burn might have given the perception of spiciness. Because it's pain with an associated flavor. Yes. So that one I understand a little bit, although it is still very odd that people would describe a wine as like spicy spicy, which I did come across several times. A lot of people
0: have different sensitivities uh, to pain because like when we're talking about spicy in the context of like a hot pepper, that's not a flavor. That is just actually pain. And that also is, you know, an alcohol burn, that is pain. And if a person is particularly sensitive to that and they're just not aware of of the chemical reaction that's going on in their mouth, I can understand the misunderstanding, but it is a misunderstanding. It is. You are are conflating these things because of an experience of, oh, well, like, black pepper is spicy and Mm -hmm. I am also getting pain right now. So it must be that it's a spicy wine. And I guess, I'll, well,
1: actually, we're not going to wrap up Vivino with this, but my last point on Vivino tying into that is the reviews definitely seem to slant towards mass market wines. And I put in parentheses uh, the lowest common palette on my notes, uh, which maybe was a little harsh, but I was in but a mood when I wrote this. Yeah. And so what I mean by that is it's kind of like we said earlier, it's almost like a game of telephone that everyone is playing with everyone else, where mm people are throwing words around and people are kind of trying to formulate what those words mean in context and maybe missing it a little bit and then regurgitating that and someone else reads it or hears it and they say it and they get it more incorrect and then we end up with low acid Sauvignon Blanc. So
0: yeah, no, I think it's it's like a it's confirmation bias where everybody is reading everybody's stuff assuming that they are an authority and then turning around and saying it without understanding it As though just repeating the rating and some of the words was going to actually establish them as like an authority of some sort. I could not tell you how many reviews were practically
1: interchangeable on many of the wines that I read, which granted, there's only so many notes that you can list for a wine because a wine has a finite number of notes. And I'm not trying to, if this were a better review site, I would trust that more But it does kind of seem like, again, people are just kind of parroting each other. Or they're parroting the mass market wines that they see have reviews written about them by paid reviewers. Like James Suckling or whatever. Yeah. You
0: know, I'm not saying that all the wines that he reviews are, are bad. They're a very specific palate. And I could totally see somebody going, seeing a 95 point rated James Suckling wine, bringing it home. Not being educated on it, but mm-hmm. feeling pressured by the the label, not only to buy it, but then to review it well.
1: Yeah, so we actually wanted to kind of put this theory that we have to the test, and... We pre-selected a
0: few wines.
1: Yes, that we are going to now type into Vivino, and by me I mean Michael, if you don't mind taking care of that, because cool. I've already forgotten what the wines were. <laughs>
0: um, I got you. I got it all pulled up. So, I'm ready to go. So,
1: what do we do? We chose one wine that we like, one wine that is kind of just a neutral, decent wine. Yeah, good value wine. Good value wine and a wine that we know that we hate.
0: Yeah. Uh my my specific note is hateful. Yes. Um yeah. because it was is it was that do we want to start with middle of the road and uh, do we want to end with hate or do we want to end with love? <sighs> you know, now this one i will pathologize you on
1: <laughs> for the sake of the listener i think it's always better to end on a positive note so why don't we get hate out
0: of the way this is progress i need everybody to know this is progress for gabe being <laughs> I- considerate and kind to the listener <laughs>
1: oh wow, yeah. wow. what was
0: your assumption
1: Well, I mean, my first impulse, if if that's more what you're referring to, is to end on the negative one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah,
0: I know. (laughs) I know. But in in considering others, maybe we're also taking steps for healing, Gabe.
1: (laughs) I'm all about self-improvement. You know, I meditate eight times a day. I have achieved nirvana.
0: Oh, wow. That's incredible. I don't see any mandalas on these walls.
1: Well, that's because you're not enlightened enough.
0: Oh, I, oh, the mandalas yeah, you, were the ones we found along the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you also haven't opened your fourth eye because there's a there's a secret fourth eye. Actually, they don't no, tell you I, that one.
0: No. It, uh, so I understand, but I think that you're repeating terminology that maybe you didn't fully clarify. <laughs> um. So this can also <laughs> happen. <laughs> uh, okay, that
1: was a good one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I got to give that one to you. Yeah.
0: So this. <laughs> This can also happen if you bypass the third eye and mm. open the fourth eye just out of order. I did it trying to take a shortcut. I am dealing with the consequences. People are walking with me through this
1: well, as an act of healing, why don't we uh why don't we go ahead and just get get the negativity out? Just get the next spell out it. yeah, so, yeah,
0: let's go for the hateful one
1: so which one is this Michael
0: Oh, this is and a- and,
1: and for our long time listeners, you might recognize the name of this one. This is going to be Girl and Dragon. They changed the label. Oh, oh actually, that's kind of disappointing because the label was literally the reason we bought it.
0: Or this might be an old label. I don't know. There's not a uh. timestamp on it. Uh, literally, we were walking through Publix trying to find a bottle of wine to get tying back in with Instagram and how uh, visual assets can be a thing. Oh, which yeah. G- yeah, very true. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not poo that, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you there guys... are a lot of bottles that I have bought for the label that were very good. Yeah. Sometimes it's just passionate people who are also willing to invest in good artists in yeah. order to represent their wine. Hire me! Um, <laughs> <laughs> please. Please. Hire me. Um,
1: it was a black label, and it looked like they had done, like, silver etching on it. It was, like, yeah. foiled, and it was, like, a woman, and there was a dragon on there, too, and flowers and stuff. It was really cool. It, like,
0: there were different textures. Mm-hmm. Some of it looked like it was, like, on the scales. Like, it looked like there was laminate next yeah. to matte yeah. in order to kind of, like, show really cool texture. And we're like, we got to try this. Plus— It's an it, Argentinian Malbec. Yeah, like, you, you know— can't, You can't
1: go wrong with Argentinian Malbec, right?
0: right little
1: did we know so if you want to hear the full review listen to the gas station wines episode as a brief summary it tasted like a science experiment gone wrong yeah it was overripe to a degree of offensiveness it tasted like omega purple to a really severe degree there is this really odd overpowering oak note to it and the color was like so purple it was almost black no like, and all of concerningly us concerningly
0: so when we drank this like it stained our mouths so and, bad
1: and your roommate who is or well former roommate he immediately picked up that something was very wrong
0: his whole body reacted to yeah. it he he was disgusted quite literally he had a full body reaction to that line it was like he was full body react disgusted to it you looked like you had been in like you and your ancestors got insulted yeah and i was sitting there i was honestly in shock i didn't know where i yeah, was yeah
1: you left this plane of existence for a second
0: yeah i was just kind of it was like i i had i was uh Moadibd having to uh, <laughs> having to alchemically transmute the water of life in my stomach i was like what is going on at that point it was like i just need to dissect what's going <laughs> wrong with this he is the queen that's had <laughs> anyway. What what is in the bottle Pain. <laughs> Pain. Yeah,
1: literally. What do these reviews have for us, oh, Michael? God. So, so Michael's in full control of these reviews. I'm not seeing them, so he's, he gets to pick the ones that he wants to talk about, which is a little scary, I'm not going to lie. Because this... I know he's going to pick the ones that trigger me the most. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, so uh, just uh, first things first, uh, oh, I wait, want wait. you to guess the rating.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a four-star rating. Lower. Oh, okay. This is good actually. Faith. Three and a half? Three and a half. That's still far too high.
0: Way too high, but it's not a four. But it's not a four. It's not a four. Yeah. And I would say, arguably, this is a worse wine than the Lone Cardinal.
1: Yeah. The Lone Cardinal, we were able to
0: get through. Yeah. Like the the
1: girl and dragon literally got poured down the sink.
0: Yeah the the lone cardinal is just like everything about this is wrong and mm-hmm. not memorable and kool aid like. Yeah. Um. But nothing and it was like it it was offensive because it promised too much. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't able to deliver on basics. This one, all of the elements were offensive. Yeah. So the fact that it is rated lower, promising. Um let's let's take a look at some of these reviews. Uh, oh they they're already suggesting alternatives
1: Vivino <laughs> is this going to be the one that redeems Vivino for us Oh my
0: god I can only imagine So the what does this wine taste like graphic like you know how you have those things where it's just like <laughs> neutral agree mm-hmm. or strongly agree strongly, strongly disagree agree. so yeah. it's like strongly agree bold strongly agree smooth strongly agree dry slightly agree soft i want to say to <laughs> okay. say that none of these uh, bold is <laughs> okay. the only one that's actually yeah that that's the only one that really fits bold, so well it, it was dry. Okay so they have a couple of different categories they have helpful recent friends and you mm. uh we have no friends um <laughs> and we are not on this website although i'm i'm trying to convince gabe for us to get on here let's let's do helpful because that means that this is what vivino is recommending that you read
1: or well i'm going to assume it's probably not that it's probably whoever gets the most thumbs up on their reviews yeah
0: well but that means that the way that the website is organized is to promote whoever is getting the most thumbs up which is kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy uh oh god there were five star reviews so this is Mm -hmm. what i'm gonna do this is how i want to organize this (laughs) Um, the most reviews are around, uh, around three stars. We have a lot of four star reviews as well. That's actually the second highest number. Uh, then, then the next one, which is so much lower. So there are literally 1,348 reviews at three stars. Then there are 255 five star reviews. I need to take a nap. Yeah. No, that one did psychic damage. Um, I, I I hurt myself today. So, again, going... To see if I still feel...
1: <laughs> I smile Just, Take the pain. a sip of the
0: wine that we're drinking. It's really good. It'll help. It'll help. It'll help. The
1: only thing that's real.
0: <laughs> the only thing that's real is the bouquet of this wine. Um, it does have, actually, a wonderful bouquet. Honestly, my, the bouquet is my favorite thing about this wine. Yes. Um, even though the flavor is amazing, I'm still kind of waiting for it to, to loosen a bit. mm mm-hmm. um, so, because the format of the of the website and the flaw that we're actually pointing out, I am going to start though with the recommended reviews, and then I I just gotta know. I, I'm going to go with the honest reviews, and then the ones that we both know are going to be uh batshit crazy. So, first recommended review: um, three point five stars, jammy and full bodied. Wife loves it. I'm liking it a little. Nice fruit forward taste would probably buy it again for the right price wait for the right price what is the right price that wine was what like 14 dollars and i'm not
1: screening screening these it uh okay i will say that review is not bad like it was fruity um 1172 is the price I, we definitely paid more than that yeah i think we paid I'm 14 pretty sure it was 14
0: yeah i'm pretty sure we paid 14
1: okay so they're right in that
0: it is fruit forward. It is full bodied. This is a, this is a correct, uh, a correct terminology, but I want to say an indiscerning palette.
1: Yeah. I don't even know if I want to say that. I I, I almost want to say it's someone trying to make themselves like it because yeah, oh, no, they I, mentioned
0: I'm liking it a little.
1: Yeah. Cause they mentioned their wife loved it. They might have just been being kind with the rating. Like, they don't believe in leaving negative reviews. Maybe that's one of the big problems, is people are
0: trying to be nice. This guy looks really nice, too. He looks like a nice person. (laughs) The next one, this was back in May uh, of 2019, so this might have been a different vintage than the one that we had. 3.5 oak notes with perhaps a a cherry finish. I can't disagree
1: with that. I truly can't disagree with that, but giving it such a high rating is a disservice to wine everywhere.
0: Yeah, well, no, he said good, but not exceptional Malbec. So yeah, it's no, yeah, it's it not was a good bad. It was bad, bad. but I like the honesty of like the cherry finish. Maybe,
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe he was being bashful, but maybe he was like, "Oh, was there a cherry finish? I don't know." <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh no oh wait oh this one is fun uh with 1174 reviews this user had the professional insight at three uh 3.5 star rating just the right amount of boldness delete your
1: account (laughs) i'm sorry i'm being mean but delete your account You you don't deserve a thousand reviews
0: i do want to end hateful on this one. So I'm going to go for the more honest reviews. There is there's also 88 one-star reviews. There are two here that are interesting. Um you have one two star from somebody who's done 206 ratings, astringent and a little artificial up front. Just up front, just up front. <laughs> the nose is as on point as a Stieg Larsson novel. I love this reviewer. I
1: wish I knew what they were referring to.
0: Yeah, no, like this is... I, I want to
1: be in the know.
0: This is such a a niche thing. Okay. Oh my god. I thought
1: I was the king of niche
0: references. So, to, to be perfectly clear, I don't know who Stieg Larsson is. Uh, I,
1: neither of us do. Yeah,
0: but the fact that it's a book reference for wine... I love it. I uh, uh, Yeah. I can't hate this. I,
1: I just wish I understood it better.
0: But with an equally satisfying and round ending... No. Two stars? No. No, you hated this. It,
1: what, the way people rate this versus the descriptions they give it is really
0: blowing my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Next person, two stars, 530 ratings that they've given out. I smell roses. Taste of spices and tannins. This is a real time we're going.
1: You don't taste tannins, just for the record. You, you they're feel, textural. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they're not. feel them. They're not flavor. I taste. Sorry, I I that I I just realized how condescending I sounded saying that in my tone of voice. I truly didn't mean it that way, but it's true. Tannin is not flavor.
0: Maybe so maybe they meant taste of spices and they forgot to put the Oxford comma in there.
1: No. I'm not giving a, review,
0: a reviewer <laughs> that 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 consideration.
1: The finish is acidic. I could agree to that. I could agree to that. Battery acid, in particular. <laughs> Otherwise, a very light Malbec. This person doesn't know what they're talking about. I, I, I. I gosh, I sound so mean.
0: But th- that wasn't—it's factually true, though.
1: Nothing about that wine was light, and nothing. I've had
0: many better at this price point. That's this accurate, is the only accurate, true statement accurate. that you have made. <laughs> oh, well, maybe taste of spices but but you know. Yeah, I mean there was spice. It was bad. But there it's, was spice. Categorically, you were correct in taste of spices and better at this price point. Yes. Malbec from Argentina is famously great at a low price point. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I I already love this one. So only 23 ratings. Okay. This is a one star review. Hard to get through one glass. Mm-hmm. There we are. Mm-hmm. Impressively unimpressive. Mm-hmm. It's technically wine but has no clear flavors or notes. Mmm. I would actually agree
1: with that. Because remember we described it as soup. Nothing was clear in that wine. Yeah. There were notes. There were notes. But they were not clear.
0: I would not call them clear. There wasn't a, a point at which I'm like, oh, uh, this is this flavor, <laughs> or this is attempting to be this, but there's, it's rancid, or this is attempting to be this, but it's just a general category of jamminess. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we're we're good there. Uh, it's, okay, uh, a very pleasing bouquet. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. But a weak and almost bitter body? No. With a watery finish. No. no, maybe this was a different one because this is all the way back in 2017. Uh, yeah,
1: that could be. That could be true.
0: I'm gonna hope that. If- well, actually, because remember,
1: I remember. I literally just had this thought come into my head. Remember how I made that comment about how it somehow tasted underripe and overripe at the same time? Yeah. A past vintage if it was still underripe, watery. Watery was, could have been a thing. When it was in the final line, yeah.
0: Um I, I wanna give them the very pleasing bouquet, but um Ah but the description of bitter body is, is where I'm
1: that there. that doesn't I don't know what they mean by that
0: maybe they were just trying to say like because
1: bitter would just be the tannin which tannins influence the perception of body but those are two separate things yeah
0: that's the only thing i'm gonna dock
1: i'm I'm gonna for. say they probably meant bitter aftertaste which i would agree
0: with body is a description of of the weight of the liquid yeah uh so we would not describe this and the texture of the liquid yeah and the texture of the liquid so uh, you know, when you're talking about the physical sensation, we're talking about contributing factors like the alcohol content, which can yeah. boost the the body. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the actual like content of the wine, where where it's just heavier because of of it being more viscous. And we're talking about the tannins, which are going to be all the different various colorful things that we end up describing tannins as being texturally. Yeah, so that's the only thing I'm going to dock them for. 2010 vintage. Awful. Tastes like dirt. You have plenty of Malbecs in the store. Much better. A plus. A plus. No notes. (laughs) Hey, Gabe. I don't like the look on your face right now.
1: (laughs) I know I'm about to experience something that's going (laughs) to shake me to my core.
0: (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I'm
1: about to hear something that's going to change me as a person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think it's going to go that far. Five star rating. Loved it. So grapey. What? <laughs> I mean... Oh, that's so good.
1: I... I can't argue with them. Because, sure, it's made from grapes, but I've had grapey wines. That's not a grapey wine. Well, I hope this example lets you, the listener, know that Vivino's scoring system is not always reliable. But, onto a more reliable wine. We have our middle-of-the-road, mainstay... Campo Viejo.
0: So just you know, regular tempranillo. You know, and this is actually a trend that I've seen. Okay, I want you to guess the 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 rating.
1: Um, I'm going to say four. Actually, I'm going to say four and a half. Four and a half stars. Down. Okay. Uh, four. Whoa. Lower. Really. Lower. Uh, three and a half. Close. Three point six. Okay. I well. Uh, frankly if i had if i were limited by a five star scoring system that's approximate to what i would give it honestly
0: yeah i mean this is typically I, I would probably actually i might lean towards four but i would lean towards four simply because the the price this is a, yeah this is a ten dollar bottle yeah of this wine. is this
1: is a cheap wine um but it,
0: but it's for the price it's it, it's ugh. amazing for the price
1: yeah Um, Well, I don't know if I'd say amazing for the price, but it is good for
0: the price. Yeah. Well, meaning this, I, if I am ever. It's a
1: good value for dollars spent.
0: Yeah. Very good value for dollars. If I am ever in doubt of like, oh, well, what should I bring without, uh, spending, um, $15? This is what I'm going to go for.
1: Or if you're in. A place that doesn't have a good wine selection and you see a campo viejo you are almost guaranteed it's going to be at the bare minimum enjoyable
0: yeah widely distributed very accessible yeah. both financially and from a the uh distribution perspective yeah so people are saying uh that they mostly agree that it's bold and tannic uh they strongly agree that it's dry a tannic and- yeah
1: a tempranillo
0: oh. i
1: mean tempranillo can be pretty good on tannin but i would not call this particular because i've had this wine
0: mm-hmm.
1: i wouldn't call it particularly tannic
0: yeah it's it's easy drinking they're
1: perceptible really. but they're not it's not cabernet Sauvignon or or you know Syrah.
0: yeah i almost feel like because this this is also a trend that can happen they also mostly agree that it's acidic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's acidic that's fine yeah um i feel like we might have some fairly negative reviews simply because of the price point again but it looks like a lot of our averages are going to be between three and four because it's like a slightly positive, middle of the road thing to say about a wine. Four star, great value Rioja, black cherry, blackberry, oak, vanilla, and coffee on the nose and palate. Uh, medium tannins and good acidic finish. I don't get a lot of vanilla from it, but
1: it's there. But it's there, and that could have been a vintage thing. So
0: yeah, it could be. A good solid Tempranillo, a little smoky. No, no, black cherry and a hint of spice, but not overwhelming. I'd definitely drink this again
1: outside of Smoky, I think that's solid,
0: yeah, that's fine. uh another four star it's just consistently a really good wine, always worth getting if you're unsure on a uh, section. bold acidy and tastes like blackberries. I mean this
1: is a f- somewhat acidic wine, but I wouldn't that's not the first descriptor I would
0: I wouldn't jump say acid no. And it's not even really particularly bold.
1: No, um, but it is. I I think for someone who is new to wine, or maybe it's, it's just bold to, enough to count as bold,
0: and maybe uh, new to Spanish wine, which is yeah. a little, it's a it's a little bolder. Yeah, you know that's fine. We have our first one point five star review. Campo Viejo usually has some very decent reds. Interesting. Uh, This isn't one of them, i.e., not worth a drink, as there are much, much, much better cheap wines out there. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that you're wrong.
1: I agree that there are better cheap wines out there, but I wouldn't say they're much better, at least at that price point. Not much, much, much. There there was three muches in
0: there. Yeah, I would not agree. I would
1: not agree with that. Like, this is a solid wine. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's a reliable wine
0: i almost want to say maybe maybe you got a corked bottle that's um,
1: i heard they just maybe didn't like it and decided it was low quality because of that
0: yeah because also the descriptor of like very decent reds mm-hmm. is so non-specific yeah uh oh geez oh oh geez uh they bought a 2020 and they waited two years um, that
1: was a mistake this is not a bottle you lay down.
0: One star review on, because you mismanaged the wine. Trash on the nose. Trash on the palate. Really couldn't even finish a glass of it. Lacks balance and concentration. It's the kind of cheap table wine that gives you a headache the next day. Not great at all. You shouldn't have aged it.
1: Two years should not have ruined the wine, I will say that.
0: Did you also store this in a room with a lot of sunlight?
1: I mean, and that's the thing—we don't know the conditions that this was.
0: Well, and the the fact that this, under. the fact that this is the review that this is getting, is kind of telling me that they don't know care for mm-hmm. for that. I mean, I I'm making a huge assumption, sure, right now. but
1: it's a valid one. Like, if we're going to talk about vino scores, that's also something to consider. Is people might be storing these wines incorrectly, and the wines actually do taste bad. Yeah. Exactly. when they come out of storage exactly yeah. exactly
0: so it, it could have been th- that oh look at this
1: one star review awful bad bottle maybe well you know let's leave it on that ambiguous note for the yeah. one stars and then move on to the five stars to maybe get a little bit of happiness back in our system
0: okay we have five star review no vintage labeled but this was done in 2021 medium bodied old world wine with notes of cherry and vanilla along with an allspice finish oh no specific I would actually agree with yeah, that. I think that's pretty spot on. And it's it's also specific. It's not as generic as uh as a lot of these descriptions are. Smooth and can be enjoyed by itself or with red meat. Full disclosure, I
1: actually recommended this wine for a wedding not too long ago. And Oh,
0: yeah. I cannot tell you how many times that I sold boxes of this for weddings. Yeah.
1: And it paired with some tacos. There were chicken and pork tacos. Oh, that's great. And Pork, some people will disagree with it being red meat, I kind of consider it red meat at least adjacent myself, and it paired really well with it. So.
0: Yeah. It might be a little uh it might be a little weak for for red meat. I could see it working for a couple of different dishes. I would not do it with like steak or veal yeah but um
1: definitely like, not
0: any of your expensive
1: cuts but like meat sauce for spaghetti or even meatballs actually if they yeah. were in like a tomato sauce or something i think that would actually be pretty good
0: yeah well especially if, if you're making meatballs correctly you're adding like a little bit of filler and yeah exactly kind of yeah.
1: spaces out the flavor and you have the acidity from whatever if you're doing tomato sauce to yeah. have over them you have that to kind of help cut through i'm gonna kind of
0: disagree with it but not fully it's mm-hmm. it's actually a decent review uh, light with hints of lemon. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Citrus and black cherry finish. No, a staple for our household.
1: I mean, I'm glad you like it, but that that is not an
0: accurate description. Yeah, no, that was that was bad.
1: End um, us on a good one,
0: Michael. This wine is the nectar of the gods. This robust, syrupy texture dances with its flavors on the palate. It's warming and spicy. Yet subtly fruity without being overly sweet. Always my go-to for a quality wine under
1: $30. Nothing about that was correct. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> literally nothing
0: but you know what it's the thought that counts they said it so confidently so
1: confident they were
0: just like you know what this is, this is a good time to bring out that that english creative writing class that i i had in, in college <laughs> so michael what is our final wine our final wine is one we like because gabe is growing as a person <laughs> gabe finally learned how to say positive things so for our liked wine we got the uh segura viudas cava reserva heredad brute I am a huge fan of bubbly wine, so I'm actually really happy that we're ending on this. Go ahead and give me your guess on the rating of this. I should probably not have had it pulled up on my computer. Damn. It's a 3.9. Wow, you are so good at guessing, Gabe. I know. Thank you for noticing. Dear Lord. So this one does clock in at $26.99. And so it, it, it's a little bit up there, but it is so worth it. It was yeah. absolutely delicious.
1: I would still so consider it to be affordable for most people.
0: Yeah, I I mean, definitely not, like, uh, everyday drinking for most people. Uh, No. Not even every week drinking, but it's really good. Don't make a mimosa out of this. Just enjoy it by itself. Yes. Uh, So we have... Drink it with seafood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Or pastries. Huh. People uh, did not agree or disagree with it being light or bold. That's interesting, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't
1: really put it light or bold. it was kind of in the middle for me.
0: yeah, well, I would say that the the general profile of the of the drink itself was intense but in a refreshing way.
1: yeah, I mean, I'm also doing this on the scale of sparkling wines, which are lighter and supposed to be kind of fizzy and uplifting. That's the whole point.
0: yeah, it had really good acidity though yeah, so like that's that's what I was saying so and people slightly agreed that it was acidic
1: no that's an acidic wine
0: this is a very acidic wine and so it's kind of middle of the road between uh slightly and and mostly agreed that it was fizzy this is a rating from gentle to fizzy oh okay that that makes more sense i mean
1: yeah it's not like some of the champagnes that i've had that are like really Really persistently because if you didn't know, uh, there are
0: different textures to bubbles, and they yeah. also release at different rates.
1: Um, but this is still, like, it it's persistently fizzy in your mouth.
0: Yeah, the most common words were tree fruits, apple, green apple, pear. You had lots of mentions of citrus notes, uh, citrus, lemon, grapefruit. And then a lot of people also mentioned some, uh, some earthy notes, uh, minerals, honey, and stone. I agree with honey, not so much, but definitely yeah. mineral and stone. I think they were, they were conflating some Prosecco. So this is actually probably one of the more divisive ones we've seen. A lot of it, it seems to uh, be that the reviews just kind of are right in there at three and four. There are just tons of four reviews. This might be influenced by price, but I, I need you to show your work because you might have not gotten there uh, yeah. in a way that's going to benefit you in the future. That being said, if you had to give this a review, what do you think you would rate it at on a five-point scale? um i prefer a 20 point scale myself but that's just me
1: i mean you know i don't like point scales at all to begin with yeah. so um but if we
0: had an account say
1: i would give this i think a solid four to four and a half
0: i i completely agree with you i think that this is a, a fantastic wine especially for the price mm-hmm. the texture the flavor the balance these are all things that I think are definitely handled by people who knew exactly what they were doing. All right. Uh, one star review. Good party bubbles. Why is that a one star? Why is that a one star? Really bad. Didn't even drink the first glass. Well, you just shouldn't be allowed to drink wine, taste, in my opinion. Taste cheap, really. Hmm. Ew, just cheap taste. Beautiful presentation, but that's about it. The aftertaste was less than grape juice. I can't believe other high-starred reviewers are drinking the same one. Less than grape juice? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't
1: know. Do they mean like Welsh's grape juice? Are they they comparing this to Welsh's grape juice? I think
0: they were literally trying to say this is worse than a children's drink. Oh, okay,
1: okay. But it's not. But it's not. I I mean, at least in my opinion, it's not.
0: One star review. Dry, tasty, creamy with lots of bubbles. Why is that a one star? I think we're running into a little bit of a uh, user taste. error in um, the
1: interface. Or this could just be, that is a one star for this person. Oh, gotcha. Taste dry, only a little bit sweet, not like. Okay, so there's a theme. All right, what, what do the five stars say?
0: Yeah, you got it. So
1: the, so the one stars seem to say, it's too austere, is is kind of what I'm getting. Yeah. They, but it's that's, that's kind of what it's supposed it's to supposed be. It's supposed to be that, guys.
0: Uh... Five star reviews. Uh, very similar to the slighter slighter cheaper entry level kava from this producer. I'm reading these as written. Um they're both great value and this comes in a cool bottle. I thought it was better than the, the cheaper entry level kava from the producer, but you know, you're still you're still giving it a five. I'll you know. Uh, great champagne to celebrate my first car accident. You know what? <laughs> no,
1: no, we have to stop on that one. We have to stop on that one. <laughs> I cannot hear another review. that has to be the last one. It's too perfect it's it is
0: per- it's, it's ex- too it's too perfect. It's extremely bubbly very it, this is the same review okay it's extremely bubbly very very much so. parentheses I guess I'm not a fan of champagne haha, but this one is good otherwise is is extremely bubbly a bad thing
1: uh, again i I think this is just people maybe are trying this, not knowing what they're getting into. Not knowing it's supposed to be like that. I mean, they gave it five stars at least. So, dear listener, hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea of why- What we
0: go through for you, okay?
1: <laughs> be kind, Michael. Vivino doesn't quite measure up, I will say.
0: Sorry, I-, I got to a threshold where I just- I stopped wanting to be the voice of reason. <laughs> and I just want to lash out in the same way I've been hurt. Well, okay, there are
1: conclusions to draw. Maybe we can funnel that energy into that. So I do have some written down. Um, Kind of between this episode and the last one, uh, full disclosure, we actually didn't intend this to be two episodes that were... uh, This one is going on almost two hours at this point as of looking at the recording time. So apologies for how long these might end up after I edit them. But um, so going back to the last episode, judges and ratings seem to be... Either inefficient or even ineffective at really communicating a wine's actual value to a person when they're just words on a screen. Even from the professional tasters and their biases towards more expensive wines or how their perception of wine can be influenced by factors that maybe shouldn't be influencing it, all the way down to these online reviews on the Vino that are just out of pocket. (laughs) There seems to be a disconnect between describing wine and a wine's actual impact. And I don't know how to account for that because that's going to come down to your taste.
0: Well it's it's going to come down to your taste. I believe it's also going to simply come down because alright, we're we're English speakers. We're in the English speaking world. Um very briefly language is a tool. It is associated with abstract thoughts in order to try and define them. Mm-hmm. So when a reviewer is is doing this, they hopefully If they are an educated reviewer, they are using specific words to talk about specific things that are clearly defined, not because we want to be snobs, but because we want to know that when we say body, the other person is understanding the same concept. And I'm seeing that as the main disconnect. People are reading these reviews and they're thinking that they're getting something, but they don't have the tool set in order to effectively use the reviews, even. And then they're just regurgitating the words without actually understanding the concepts that feed into them in the context of wine. Yeah, which isn't necessarily their fault, but it is oh.
1: something that should be corrected if we can figure out how to correct it effectively.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to condemn anybody for simply not knowing. Just please understand that anytime that you step into a new field, you actually need to get a sense of the tools used to communicate the ideas and the concepts themselves. It's just the way to, to enter into any particular new study. yeah. And if you want to be able to use professional reviews, you're going to have to learn the language. That's part of the reason why we do this, is we want you to know the language. Next for me is
1: kind of going back to our conversation about sex appeal in wine. This is even something I noticed on Vino. A lot of people use very provocative and even overtly sexual language in describing wines, I've noticed. Oh
0: yeah, that's what queued up my little uh, reading
1: Yeah. And not to be crude, but there are certain wines that I've had that I would say do kind of evoke sentiments that, yeah, that very like, ooh, it's seductive. And as we're calling a wine seductive, I understand that. But sometimes you just, it, it hits a certain note in your brain, right? And that's just kind of where your brain goes.
0: Maybe it's hitting a memory or something. Who knows?
1: Yeah. However, and this goes back to my issue with even Instagram earlier, it is defaulting to that description... Is kind of just a cheap way, in my opinion, to make yourself sound more knowledgeable than you are and to give this like rapturous language of this like languid Dionysian experience that really just doesn't apply and it just comes across as very pretentious, yeah. in my opinion.
0: It was like Aphrodite was feeding me the dew of the valley.
1: Yeah, it's like this is not the ichor of the gods, okay? Like, let's be real. Again, you can't describe why in this way some of them do hit those notes but it's should be reserved for when it's actually applicable and not a thing to make people take you seriously
0: yeah to take you seriously or a thing to just make people click on your page like exactly clickbait is a thing yeah clickbait is a thing
1: To kind of wrap it up on my end, I have come away from this experience very strongly of the opinion that contrarianism is just as annoying as the elitism.
0: Both are enemies of facts.
1: Yeah, both spread misinformation, both rely
0: on a lot of feelings over a well-informed opinion. If it's catharsis, whether that be holding yourself arrogantly over others, Because you know more or holding yourself because you think, you know, the conspiracy of why they feel that way about themselves.
1: Yeah. So how do I solve this problem? Go to wineries, take classes again if they're available. I know I said this in the last episode. Do tastings like professional tastings if you can get in with people who probably at least hopefully are a little bit more educated on what body is, what acid is, what tannin is, and who can help you get a better language for that and how it affects your palate. And I would also say when you come across a term that you don't quite know how to use, just look it up. Um, it's better to really know what you're talking about than to just kind of regurgitate something you heard.
0: Yeah, and again, feel free to message us if you have a question on something. If you don't know... Well, we'll want to find out after you mention it. Yeah. Um, But if we do know, then we would love to be able to to explain it in language that you already have, because those are the tools that you get to use to interact with us.
1: And I would say listen to our wine tasting episode, but that episode was one of the first episodes we did, and we might need to redo it at this point. I think we need to redo it. Especially,
0: I think we're starting to see a little bit more of the need.
1: Yeah. and, And how to be helpful. I guess to close us out, do we
0: maybe want to do that next time? I would love to do that for our next episode. Sounds good. Although we'll be uh, doing Christmas. Oh, yeah. And then there's the new year to be considered. So what do you think would be the most clickbaity thing that'll get us the most traffic on the
1: I mean, that would just be like a top five holiday wine list. And is there even a point in doing that? Comment below.
0: (laughs) Uh, We'll figure something out. I like the idea of of a wine tasting.
1: And you can look flashy and pretentious in front of your family if you can taste wine well.
0: Exactly. <laughs> for the holidays. Just just add in some fruit descriptions. That's the way to do it.
1: You can <laughs> finally get your wine aunt off your back who thinks that she knows everything about wine.
0: All you have to do, really, is be a contrarian. Turn up your nose to everything. Mm-hmm. And be like, mm, maybe you just don't know quality. Mmm, mm-hmm. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. I've actually had a blast. Yes, it's Um, been fun. It is fun. Recognizing some of the need that's out there is great. Uh, And we are so grateful that uh, you've been with us thus far. Yes. Um, Join us in the next episode. Please do like and follow our stuff. Share it if you would like to. You don't have to, but please. And we will see you in the next episode. Yes. Cheers.
1: Cheers.